As you're able, I invite you to stand and let us greet the risen Christ found in the gospel reading this morning. Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with leprosy approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then he said to them, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. morning. Add my welcome to all that are gathered today and to those who are joining us by streaming or by delayed broadcast, and especially a welcome to those who may be visiting with us today. We are all guests here in the house of God. I also want to add my uh, encouragement for you, if if you are able to to remain uh, during the Sunday school hour, uh, to uh, welcome our guest, Rabbi Micah Greenstein, as he will address uh, us during the Sunday school hour here. And so we, uh, we look forward to that, and we're thankful for his visit with us today. Thankful for all that we we have in our lives. Thankful for this day, for this beautiful music that we've had from the handbells, from our youth. Thank you so much. And from Todd on the organ. And and certainly grateful for Eva being with us today. Greg Anderson, in, in a book called Living Life on Purpose, tells a story about a man whose wife had left him. And he was completely depressed. He had lost faith in himself. He had lost faith in other people. He had lost faith in God. And he had gotten to a point where life found no meaning in his life. And one rainy morning, this man went to a small neighborhood restaurant, cafe. And several people were at this diner, but it was one of those days everyone was in their own world. No one was talking to each other. It was rainy, it was dreary. And it was dreary inside as well. And this man who felt miserable hunched over the counter, stirring his coffee with a spoon, engrossed in his despair. And one of the small booths along the window was a, was a, a mother with a, a little girl. And they had just been served their food by a waitress who was also down and despondent. When the little girl broke this silence, by saying, and her voice was heard over the silent cafe, except for the tinking of, of silverware on the plates. Her voice was heard over all of this. Mama, can't we say our prayers here? Aren't we supposed to say our prayers? The waitress who had just served their breakfast turned around And she said, the waitress looked at the little girl, she said, sure, honey, you can say your prayers here. Would you say a prayer for all of us? 
And she turned and looked at the rest of the people in the restaurant, the little girl did, and she looked and everybody she saw was looking at her. And so she said, bow your heads. <laughs> and the whole restaurant bowed their head. And the little girl bowed her head, folded her hands and said, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. And suddenly, everyone's attitude changed in that entire diner. People began to talk with each other. The waitress said, we should do that every morning. And the man said, my whole frame of mind changed. From that little girl's example, this man said, whose wife had left him, I started to thank God for all I did have, and I quit dwelling on all that I didn't have. I learned to be grateful. It's the power of thanksgiving. Being thankful requires us to put aside our, our pride and to think of others and to be reminded that God provides being thankful is an attitude that actually saves us. When we say thank you to God or to somebody else, we're beginning to fulfill the commandment to love God and to love our neighbor. Many of the problems of the world could be fixed with people choosing to be more thankful. Saying thank you to somebody else makes people realize that their lives matter. And saying thank you to God brings glory to the one who makes those lives matter. The gospel story today from Luke 17 has Jesus taking the disciples on a road leading across a border into Samaria. Imagine as they're walking a sign saying something like, Welcome to Samaria, a good place to live. You know, some slogan like that. And they're crossing that area. Samaria was inhabited. We, we remember our, our stories from, from childhood. And we remember our Sunday school lessons. Samaria is inhabited by descendants of Abraham, who somewhere through the years had separated from the Jews. Samaritan people believed in the Torah, but they thought, among other differences they had, they thought that the proper place to worship God was there in Samaria, not down in Jerusalem. And because of invasions that had happened by Assyrians and Babylonians throughout the, year, throughout the years, many of the Samaritans had married foreign people. And so, so some in Israel even considered Samaritans to be no better than dogs. And I'm quite sure that the people in Samaria had a few choice names for those in Israel as well. So it's natural near this border area that Jesus came across people suffering from leprosy because people suffering from leprosy were outcasts. They were not allowed in society and they often stayed away, away from everybody else. Sometimes they might stay near a village so that they could find or receive food left by charitable people or maybe some clothing left out at a distance from someone on the road. Whenever they were near somebody, they were required to warn others by shouting at a distance 
They were considered to be unclean, not just unclean sick, but even religiously impure. So they were cut off from society, cut off from corporate worship, cut off from family contact, cut off from participating in feasts and celebrations. They would be cut off this Thursday from the Thanksgiving meal. You hear? No matter how much they might want to be a part, they couldn't. They were unclean. And if ever their leprosy went away, it took a priest to declare the person clean. If the person was found to be clean, then it took another seven days for that person to be accepted back into society. So here, near this border town on a main road heading through Samaria that's going to lead to Jerusalem, it's not surprising that there were lepers who were there who cried out to Jesus from a distance, it says. They cried out, have mercy on us. By that they meant, leave us some food. Leave us some clothes. Because notice, they did not ask for healing. And Jesus doesn't yell out, I heal you. He didn't do that. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, Luke tells us, as they turned around and went, they saw that they were cleansed. They were cleansed as they obeyed. Yet in our story, only one of them turned around and went back and said thank you. And in the context of them being in this border area in Samaria, where the disciples would not have been comfortable at all, Jesus said something like this. In modern language, he said, hmm, isn't that interesting? There were ten here with leprosy, but, but only one of them turned around and said thank you. And what do you know? He's a Samaritan. For some, Samaritan was, was a bad word. You know, trouble often begins when we turn people into adjectives, or turn adjectives into people, I should say. He's a Samaritan. She's a Jew. When adjectives take the per place of person, a Samaritan person, a Jewish person, we get into trouble. The one who returned thanks was one who would be called by the disciples a Samaritan. Like it was a bad word. And the disciples would have been forced to experience this Samaritan showing genuine affection for Jesus and giving praise to God while their own kinsmen among the lepers didn't turn around to say thank you to God or to Jesus. In Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, he wrote, You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will, listen, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. In other words, Paul's saying, because you support the ministry, many people 
are being touched by that ministry, and they're all giving thanks to God. We think of Thanksgiving at this time of year, particularly as the produce of as vegetables and fruits at the end of the harvest, but we should also think of Thanksgiving as the produce of any giving. The Samaritan recognized that the appropriate thing in his healing was for Thanksgiving to be given to God. The mercy of Jesus brought Thanksgiving and praise to God. Now, we shouldn't judge harshly the other persons that were healed from their leprosy who kept going. Jesus told them to call on the priest. And it was quite a step for them to take. Because a person with leprosy was not allowed to call on a priest unless he thought his leprosy had left him. They obeyed Jesus. And in their obedience, they found, the Bible tells us, they found healing. Friends, faith is not about responding, uh, responding after we understand. Faith is responding even when we don't understand. Understanding follows. It doesn't precede obedience and action. C.S. Lewis once spoke about this in terms of communion. He once wrote about the different opinions about the presence of Christ in communion. And he admitted, he said he could not fully understand how that took place. But he concluded this. He said, Jesus commanded, take and eat, not take and understand. And it's the same thing with faith. What if we waited until we understood fully before we ever took communion? Or what if we waited until we fully understood our parents before we honored them? What if we waited until we fully understood another person before we turned another cheek? What if we waited until we fully understand somebody that has been an enemy to us before we try to be a peacemaker? Well, what if we waited until we fully understand why somebody did something before we ever try to forgive? What if we waited until we fully understood God before we chose to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves? What if we waited until we fully understand we would do nothing? Understanding comes from acting in faith. And as a matter of fact, in Luke, the word for cleansed, they went, and as they went, they were healed. The word, or cleansed, it says, that word is the word in Greek from which we get the word catharsis. It's that feeling of, ah, I get it. Where every burden's lifted, the, the persons who had been healed from their leprosy found cleansing, found that catharsis in their obedience. Their lives were changed in being faithful. But they forgot to say thank you. And they missed out on something because they forgot to say thank you. The person from Samaria who returned and said thank you, Jesus said these extra words. Rise. Your faith has made you well. In our scripture, that's what, the way it's translated. In the Greek text, the word that Jesus says is, is a Greek word called sozo, which means you are completely saved. Fully, wholly saved. 
Going to show themselves to the priests brought physical healing for all of those others. But the one person who happened to be from Samaria who returned to give thanks, his thanksgiving brought salvation. The earthly priests would declare him cleansed of the leprosy, but Jesus declared him to be saved. And attitudes begin to change. The Samaritans saw that salvation was from this Jewish Messiah. And the, the disciples of this Jewish disciple saw that God's mercy was on the Samaritan people as well. Ah, the power of thanksgiving. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to be an outcast. He understood the lepers, and he brought mercy to them so that God might be glorified, and the attitudes changed at Thanksgiving. Jesus brings mercy to you and me that we might glorify God in Thanksgiving and live to give, to produce Thanksgiving in others whom we might not even know. Every year... Around this time of year, we choose this Sunday to, to allow for an opportunity for us to show our thanks to God in bringing our commitments or our estimates of giving for the coming year. And we do so in thanksgiving. It's a way of showing that we trust God to provide for the year to come. We're not doing so in order to supply a budget. We're doing so as a way for us to cheerfully give. As I mentioned several weeks ago at the beginning of this pathway to generosity, my wife and I turn in our commitments at the very beginning with an increase at the beginning of this journey so that I would not be asking anyone to do anything that my family's not willing to do. In that time period, all of our pastors have made their commitments. We've also asked all the staff who are members of this church to commit as well. Even some of the staff who are not members of this church have made a commitment. Some of you have already made your commitments as well and turned them in. We've received reports of that. Thank you so much. And some of you have your commitments ready today to bring to the altar. And there may be some of you who did not bring that today. There are cards available that I point out to you. And I invite you in a moment to take a few moments and pray about your commitments for the coming year. In just a moment, Eve is going to play softly. And as she plays, I invite us to come to the prayer rail. If you have your commitment card with you, I invite you to place it in one of the baskets. I invite you to spend a moment in, in prayer at the prayer rail, if you wish, and use this time to commit yourself and your gift to the Lord. If you've not yet decided on an amount to give, simply Simply come. If you want to write on a card still trying to decide or to be determined, bring it. That's fine. The point is for us to come forward in thanksgiving. If you've already turned in your card, please come anyway. In Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1621, the pilgrims and their native people and, and the native people shared their harvest with one another, and thanks were given to God for the bounty 402 years ago. And 402 years later, we continue to remember that event this Thursday. And in that spirit, I invite us to come forward for a few moments.
to remember, to celebrate, to share, and to say thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I invite Eva to play. I invite you to come as you feel led. Our final hymn is found on page 87, and I invite us, as you're able, to stand and let us sing with thanksgiving the first and the last stanzas, What Gift Shall We Bring? Mm -hmm. 